Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Today is Monday, January the 20th. We are rocking and rolling. I love saying that. It makes me feel good like I'm doing something important here. I am back by myself, solo in the studio. I have had a guest the past two episodes, so I'm looking forward to just getting in here, settling in, reuniting with you guys, and it feels so good. And if it's your first time listening to the podcast, then you know that I say a lot of those little corny innuendos here and there. So I wanted today to be an episode where I figured out exactly what I'm feeling. And what I mean by that is this. For the last 72 hours or so, I have thought over and over again, what am I going to talk about today? What am I going to talk about on a podcast episode? And there was a couple of different things that kept coming up for me. But then out of nowhere, I just felt myself struggling. I started really struggling emotionally and I couldn't really put words to it. And so I figured what I would do was, if you remember, recall from a previous episode, the last time I was by myself, I said that I was going to read questions from the Grief Bully Journal and answer those questions and then have that as a new a new segment to the show. So I figured today, since I was in between feeling like a little bit unsure about what I was going to say, I started feeling kind of down. I actually, in fact, fun fact, I have on my dad's slippers and he wore like a size 12 or something like that. And I'm a size seven in men's, nine in women. So I'm pretty much sliding around. But I did that before heading out because I wanted to draw myself nearer and closer to him. And so I decided today what I wanted to do with those questions is instead of putting that on the back end, is that we would actually lead with that question, which I believe that will then help me to articulate where I am currently at in my journey and in my process and and really make a connection to those emotions that I feel I'm stumbling across and with. I mean, I actually just laid out on my bed and really tried to figure out like, what is going on with you? What are you feeling? And maybe it's just that. Maybe I'm just sad. And sometimes I think that's something that we have to be able to do is to park, sit in our emotion and figure out exactly what our grief is saying to us, what our feelings are saying to us, and what what our sadness and hurt can be telling us. So I do want to jump into that. We are episode 23, so we are definitely rocking and rolling here. So I actually have a lottery ticket holding holding the place, and I didn't even realize that, but it also draws me nearer and closer to my loved ones. My grandmother was a big lottery woman, so we definitely have that commonality in my family. So if you do have the grief the grief bully guided journal, what I where I am reading from today, like I'm reading from the Bible, my goodness, I'm not at church, <laughs> I'm on my podcast. So I'm on page 72. And this question, and what I'm going to do is read the question and then answer it. I don't want to assume that you've heard a previous episode, but what I did was read a question from the journal and then just answer right on the spot. So I do not have written content on these pages, they are blank. I am going to answer it off the top. So then it's my truest, most genuine emotions. So this question is, what has been the most difficult moments of the grieving process for you? 
So that question again, what has been the most difficult moments of the grieving process for you? And I like this question because the answer that came up for me when I first thought about it a few minutes ago was surprising because I feel like the most difficult part of the grieving process for me, and this was actually both with my grandmother and my dad, but I'm more so speaking about my dad because I'm in a position right now where I'm struggling with that because probably it's no surprise he started to to get towards the end of his life around this time last year. So January is just not a good time for me. I have a lot of memories of the dates and just what was going on around that time. But the thing that I feel is the most difficult part of the grieving process is actually letting go. And what I mean by that is that the difficult part for me, the most difficult because it's still difficult times, but the most difficult part was actually leading up to their death and then that exact day in which they passed. And for me, that came up and what I'm thinking that they came up because is the part of letting go when you absolutely don't want to. When every fiber in your being, every part of your existence, you can see it just going away right in front of you. You're surrounded by medical attention, the sounds of the hospital, feet pacing through hallways, a lot of rush and commotion, different things happening, different rooms, different floors of the hospital, but you are there and you are looking at your loved one and you know <laughs> that there is nothing you can do right now about this and you have to find a way to prepare yourself. And that to me has been the most difficult part of the grieving process because once someone has actually passed away, in my experience, you're certain there's nothing you can do. But when that process is actually unfolding, there's still that tiny bit of hope. Just that little glimmer, that little glimpse, that little, little piece of light there. But for me, what I had to do in those times was to start to brace myself. And the only way that I knew how to do that was to start to speak really realistic to myself. And for me, that was like, this is it. This really is it. And with my dad more than my grandma, because my dad was more verbal longer, although he had been intubated at some point during this time in January, he did actually get extubated and then was actually able to speak again. And so a little bit more about that is my dad, we found out that he had lung cancer. He had been sick for a couple of years, but we didn't know exactly. We knew that he had COPD and then a couple other things going on. But as far as his lungs, we did not know, in fact, that it was actually lung cancer until the end of January. And from that point, we had to keep going back and forth to the hospital and each time, I just didn't know which time was the last time. And that is difficult. The tug of war on your heart, your emotions are constantly in limbo. The phone rings, you don't know what that call is going to be. The text message comes, you don't know what that's going to say. And that was so difficult. 
So when this question is asking, what is the most difficult part of the grieving process or what has been for me, it has been the moments leading up to the death of my loved ones because there was still some hope. And then that hope ran out when I had to become realistic about it. And going back and forth to the hospital, my dad would be in constant communication and I'll say, Hey dad, how are you? He would just text me and say, I need someone like so calm about everything. And I think that's the one thing that was able to help me was the fact that his demeanor and his perception on things really helped. But I had to say to myself, my dad is going to die. And that is going to be very soon. And I had to sit with those emotions. And this is the other part that made it difficult is I had to sit with those emotions while still making decisions that you have to execute from a mindset of you're on your A game. So there was like really no time to, to figure things out as far as how am I actually going to feel. But my dad had a way of now I can see. of letting me know that he was okay with this. Now, although he would flip back in another moment and say he, he just keeps thinking that he's going home, but then he just said, you know, my journey here is coming to an end. And like, do you know what that feels like? It's really difficult. It's really hard. And so while we're here, and, and it's been a year later, just about, he passed away on Valentine's Day last year. I guess I find myself finally at a place where I can really look at that and really look at what last year really was like at this time because during that time, I really didn't have the ability to do that. Now, I was like having a hard time eating. I'm still having to go to work and still do all of these things. So I really couldn't really set in. But I also want to tell you guys. One of the most difficult parts of this grieving process when it came to letting go. Was giving my dad permission to go. And what I mean by that is when I saw that he was really struggling and I know that he was tired and he just said like he wants to keep fighting. He just wants to keep fighting for us. And I just said, dad, it's all right. I know you're tired. You don't have to, you don't have to. I understand it's all right. What I later learned, like just through like hospice is that sometimes that's one of the best things that you can do for somebody when they're in that position. It's just to let them know that it's okay. And so that was very difficult for me. I mean, the competitor in me, definitely it was hard because I wanted him to keep fighting, but I knew that he, he didn't have any more in him. And I had to accept that. 
And while I have posted this before, that that place between acceptance and denial is where you'll find my heart. And I'm moving out of that space. I'm, I'm moving closer to, to acceptance. Because I think the acceptance that I embraced last year was what was needed to just get me through that time. It wasn't a full, wholehearted acceptance. But it was what I needed to do and how I needed to operate in order for me to move through that time in my journey. And I'm stronger for it. So denial does have a sense of grace to it in order to protect us. And I'll be honest, there's some anger somewhere inside still lingering that I don't have him anymore. I don't have my grandmother anymore. Just yesterday, I was walking out of a building and the sun was shining on me and I felt good. I'm like, man, this day is beautiful. And right after that, it was like, man, my grandmama's not here. My dad's not here. And that's difficult. And so someone out there, you may have been in that situation when you were losing your loved one. And at the same time, you felt like you were losing yourself. You could feel parts of you slipping away. Your normalcy, what existed, no longer did. And how will we move forward from here? And I just want to encourage you to keep leaning in. It's scary. Like, man, listen. It is scary when you lean in, but it's more dangerous to run. It's more dangerous to run because you cannot outrun this. It will linger. It will hide in the back and it will come out at times when you least expect it to. So I encourage you to lean in, to embrace the process, to find those glimmers of hope and peace. They're there. I know that there's moments of positivity, even in the, my dad's transition, even in my grandmother's transition. I know that there are definitely are those moments, and sometimes it's hard to see them amongst the pain and the agony, but it's there. So, guys, that's my answer to that question. And while I didn't anticipate the emotion, I kind of felt like it could potentially happen. And guess what? I feel happy that I leaned in and that I followed what it was because that's one of the most challenging things too on a grief process is to listen to your grief. What is it telling you? My grief might have been telling me today, hey, you need to cry. You need to release. This isn't going to dictate the rest of my day. I needed to do this. My loved ones knew that I loved them. I understand that this is a part of life. This is a transition and I also know that it's hard for our flesh and it's hard for us as humans on the other side to exist without our folks. And this is no light task. And so I do wear a badge of honor that I'm willing to face it head on, however it's going to come. And you can do it too. And we're going to continue to bully grief together. And I just want to thank you for lending me your ears and your hearts and your mind as we continue to just push through on this, this grief journey and this process. And so if you do have the journal, that was on page 72, I believe, 73, definitely dig in. See what comes up for you because you might, might be surprised. I would, would never really necessarily think that the most difficult part of the grieving process for me would be actually before they died and just having to come to that realization. 
because that was like the unexpected, the unknown. But like once they actually pass and you kind of know and you can build from there, like you know that there's no turning back. So guys, I'm, I'm going to end it there. I didn't want it to be a long episode, but I wanted it to be exactly what it was going to be. And I just gave you my raw emotion and I didn't mean to do that, but I, I feel comfortable with you guys. I trust you. I trust my audience. I feel like we can continue to do this. And I, and I want to be an example of what it looks like to heal, what it looks like to grieve, but what it looks like to grow. So guys, listen, we're going to bounce into our In Love and Memory segment. It's a part of our show where we humanize and make sure we show love and tributes to those that have gone on and have gained their wings. It's very important to us to do that. And so this week, our In Love and Memory segment goes out to Abigail Montgomery. She is actually my wife's aunt. So I don't know exactly the way you say that, like aunt-in-law, but a family member. And so we definitely want to send our love and condolences to the entire Wilkinson family, Montgomery family. And may you continue to rest well and... That is our In Love and Memory segment for this week. So that goes out to Abigail Montgomery. Guys, if you want to ever have anyone mentioned here, tribute to them on the In Love and Memory segment, please don't hesitate to reach out. Send us an email or DM me. You can email us at thegriefbully at gmail.com or you can definitely DM me on my Instagram if you would like to do that. We definitely will be open to that part. So before we get going, we do want to go to our inspirational boost. It's a part of our show where we like to give some positive or just thought-provoking words is sponsored by our sponsors, Adina J Designs. They make, create, and inspire us through decorate apparel with signs, custom tumblers, and more. Follow them on Instagram at Adina J Designs, A-D-E-N-A-J-A-Y-D-S-I-G-N-S, and check them out. They've always got so many dope things going on over there. Love them. So this week, our quote is, what do we live for? If it is not to make life less difficult for each other, that's beautiful. That is exactly what we're doing. That is what I am trying to do. That is what the grief bully is about. All of our community and this whole mission and movement is behind that is to make life less difficult for each other. And although we cannot prevent or escape the grieving process, we can definitely continue to bully it together. Guys, listen, I am your host, Jay Nicole. Guys, check out jaynicolejones.com for a copy of the Grief Bully Journal. Follow me on Instagram. You already know I love to hang out over there at I underscore AM underscore J Nicole. As always, till next time, you already know. Love and light. Peace. <laughs>